The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. Let's go, baby! Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. Good morning, guys. Welcome to another episode of the Cowboys Break. Nick, why are you laughing? I don't know. I'm but I'm Amber Garcia, your host for the day. With the day. our gang, Nick Eatman, David Hellman. We have a very unusual guest on the show. Wow. Yeah. Mr. Derek Eagleton. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> How are you, Derek? I'm good. Anything you Thanks would like to, to say to your fans out there that have been missing you? <laughs> Any numbers you want to provide? <laughs> well, it is episode He's number 12. Uh, oh. No, number 11. I'm sorry. Episode number 11. And uh, and I really don't have anything to say because I don't really have fans other than maybe my wife and my kids. How many, your fans? Uh, how many episodes of those of those 11 have you been here for? <laughs> <laughs> I knew I was gonna face this when I got here today, so I was I was ready for it. It's you know I have things to do. I have other business responsibilities in the building. Boss stuff. Yeah. Boss man. Boss man doing. Of course, last week was more personal, but most weeks is business. Okay. Well, we're happy you're back here joining us. Thank you. Uh, I'll I'll take care of your role today. I heard you did a good job though. (laughs) Last year. It was all right. Yeah, she's been she's actually been really good. I actually enjoyed listening to the show. With her hosting, so that's why she's doing it today. You got Tony Romode. Yeah, I don't know about that. It's funny because she was told that she's going to do a, a Wally Pip, and she was like, I don't know. She has no idea who Wally Luke Pip Eric, is. You don't need to say, is. You don't need to say Wally Pip Just anymore. say Tony, say Tony Romo. Romo. Yeah, yeah. Tony. Tony. Okay, well, let's jump right into this whole show. Um, I'm just going to run through the list of the guys that didn't practice yesterday. Terrence William, Malik Collins, Tyron Smith, DeMarcus Lawrence, Sean Lee, Charles Stafford, Taco, uh, Deonta Thompson, Cedric Wilson. Can, I, can I stop you real quick? What if you just list the guys who did anything? <laughs> who did something. <laughs> yeah. But uh, Joe Looney and Coney Ealy. Now, Leighton Vanderesh. I just wanted to mention him real quick. He got an injury, an injury on his ankle. Nothing serious, not a big deal, but it was more precautionary, which prompted the questions from fans asking this whole thing about injuries and what happened last year at training camp, the whole, you know, hamstrings and how that uh, prevented some of the guys to step into at the beginning of the season. How is that? And this is hard to answer, but help me out here and try to figure this out. How is this, uh, how could the Cowboys possibly prevent this from happening again? I think they, they can prevent it by doing exactly what you just read yesterday and, and just keep those guys out and everything that, that they do. Yeah. They'd like them out here, but if they've got any sign of, uh, soreness or, or being tired, fatigued, you got, you know, an, an injury here and there, hold them out. And, and and these fans that are upset by what they see and read, they'd be a lot more upset if they just pushed them really hard here and then they're out for like six months. So I think the Cowboys are doing exactly what you should do at this point. It's just get them out there, but be very cautious of anything that happens. Mm-hmm. So in case this happens again, let's say with some of these rookies, how, it, how we saw happening last year, is this something that the Cowboys could handle and be okay at the beginning of the season with certain positions what are y'all thoughts what what do you what do you mean like are you talking about the depth of of these positions if somebody gets hurt at training camp yeah okay for example last year we got two guys on the secondary that got 
her. Yep. And the Cowboys were kind of able to... amount of time. Yeah, of significant camp. amount significant. of time. Significant. Most of it, in fact. Sure and you see uh, Ryan Swisser, but his we they were able to cover that and handle that. But at certain positions that are more key to the game, I mean... Mm, that's like... That's the age-old thing with football right i mean like it looks good right now but yeah tell me who's missing and for how long and i'll tell you how yeah. big of a problem it is i, I mean if if late Leighton van der Esch having a gimpy ankle right now doesn't concern me at all yeah. but if he can't go for a significant chunk of train camp that's a little more problematic yeah. same, um, same with connor williams as, as well these first and second round picks are a lot different than they were last year as far as how much that they're expected to contribute i will say which, you know, knock on wood, I I have sky-high expectations for Connor Williams, but I'd feel far better about him being unavailable than Leighton Vander Esch uh, just because of the situation with your linebackers as opposed to your offensive line. Yeah. But honestly, I feel pretty good about the depth at most positions. There are only really two positions I think depth could be a problem. I think linebacker is one of them, um, and I think safety is the other. Safety is the obvious one. Uh, but I think outside of that, I'm I'm hard pressed, and I, I may be missing one, but I'm hard pressed to think of a position where I'm I'm, I'm thinking that well they got a hundred of them that they're gonna now they're all yeah but ninety nine of them are unproven okay and that's good but guess what you're <laughs> going into the season with unproven receivers you yeah. accepted that when right. you made the decisions you made right, this off season right. I don't know that an injury changes that right okay. yeah. yeah you're right um, so so I just think those two positions to me. I look at those two positions, and those are the ones I'm most concerned about. Depth. I mean, depth, yeah. Depth. Well, you can go down, depth can go down the right? list. <laughs> All right, I don't, I don't <laughs> want to kill the thing. Okay. No, no, and that's true. I mean, quarterback. If quarterback wanna... goes down for most teams around the league, you're except for the Super Bowl champ, you're probably in trouble, right? I don't yeah. want to have to play more than a couple of games without Zeke. I mean, if we're really just taking a look at it, but there's a difference between depth and I know my I'm, greatest, my star players, I'm right? Being, I'm being a smart ass. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Dave. Yeah. Okay, let's jump to, to another subject. Uh, there was something that came up yesterday. Uh, I thought it was really a fun fact about the left tackle position and some of the guys on the O-line that have played at that spot and what they've become nowadays and what this may mean to Lyle Collins' future. Do you, do you guys know what happened there with that position? Explain it to me. Dave, you wrote the column. I was there, yeah. So go ahead. I'll let you get into those guys. Well, it's interesting, which it's always fun when a player is like, yeah, that's really interesting. Like, I thought about that because usually players don't want to talk about whatever you're asking about. But, yeah, it's a, it's an interesting point that uh, four of the five presumed starters on the offensive line have played left tackle at some point in their career. Mm. That includes Lyle, Zach Martin, uh Connor Williams and Tyron Smith. Really, Travis Frederick is the only presumed starter who's never spent time out there. And Lyle said it himself. He's like, you know, I, at least I, Lyle, he's like, at least I, I think that your left tackle is your best guy. So you've got four guys who were the man for their offensive line at some point. And it, which he was basically like, I don't really know what to do with that information, but it's, <laughs> it's cool, Not though. You have to. Yeah. You don't have to do anything. No, it's, it's, it. it's cool. Fun it fact. is a cool little fact. I, I think it's similar. It is a cool fact, and I think it would, but it just goes to show that you've got talented players. I think you could probably go to every NBA team, every baseball team, mm-hmm. and say, at some point, you batted cleanup, and you pitched, and you were the center. Yeah. You know, at some point, because it just shows you were a badass. At, at Now, the interesting part is most of the, that is college, though, right? Yeah, no, I think... Not just high school. Tyron, talk- Tyron is the only guy among them that's played left tackle in the pros. But, but co- yeah, no, I mean, college, Ly- Lyle yeah, was a first-team all-conference left tackle. Zach was a, a second-team all-American left tackle. Yeah. 
and Connor was first team all Big Twelve. I mean, they all were that's, accomplished left at big schools. Yeah, that, that's th- that's impressive. Do you think that any of that um, makes the Cowboys feel better? If knock on wood, you know, let's say in the next two or three years, Tyron gets to the point where neck, back are are bigger issues, mm-hmm. and he's like, I'm I'm ready to to retire. I'm ready to give it up. I'm just yeah. this is just assuming. It's not the first time that's been thrown out to right. him. You know, on this. Did show. somebody else throw it out? Oh, yes. <laughs> well, she had a little bit more. She was a little more emphatic than I was. But but no, I'm just saying, yeah, does that make you feel coming. better? Because you have some players here, some really good players yeah. here that have had some experience at left tackle. And you don't feel like you're completely exposed if something like that should happen. I right? think so. And, and I, I think you, you definitely have some experienced guys at left tackle. Really what it shows me more than anything is that you have an athletic line. You have lines with, with uh, good feet that can get on the move. Uh, obviously, to play left tackle, you're going to have to have some some good feet. So I, I think that that's what it shows me is that you got two guards that can actually, you know, that, that have had that kind of ability. Mobility, too. I got to see it happen before I say that they won't be exposed because they got exposed big time last year because no of that. But, you know, I'm... I'm I'm starting to become a believer that Lyle could do that at some point in his career if it, if need be or you know when his contract runs out here if he wants to test the market or however that plays out like I he could probably do that and I think I'll I just Zach Martin's one of those guys where I'm like yeah you can fly sure you can, like whatever whatever you want to do like <laughs> yeah Zach probably has X-ray vision like I'll yeah. like I just think he can do anything so. Yeah. And that's all. Also, just considering the fact that Tyron is probably, I saw you tweet it yesterday. When he's healthy, he's probably the best left tackle in football. So, no matter who you put out there, it's may not be as good as the best tackle in football, but you may be able to get by because you have guys that have some experience and they're good players. Well, that's. I mean, that's the flip side of that. Is like, oh, these guys are all so good. They all played left tackle in college. Well, Tyron's the first team All Pro in the pros. Right. So big difference. Yeah. He's the man on this line, right. which is different from being the man at LSU. You so know? the hope is that you have him for a very, very long time. Hope so. Yeah. Fingers crossed for a healthy O-line yeah. this year. Okay, so now let's get into some exciting things uh, regarding Tavon Austin, and that's a guy that we discussed last week and the week before, and kind of what is his role going to be with the Cowboys. We haven't seen them. We came to the conclusion that maybe the Cowboys were kind of hiding him away from other teams and keeping him like a secret weapon. Well, now we finally saw him with the first team and kind of everywhere, doing a little bit of everything. So what did you guys think about his role and how the Cowboys utilized him yesterday? I have no choice but to assume that somebody over there listens to our show and they were (laughs) like, whoa, we don't want Dave to be mad, so we better show Tavon at the next OTA. Uh, cause yeah, they did. I mean, you know, it's still OTAs, but we just, we got to see Tavon. He was, he was running some, he did all the stuff that you would think of him doing. Like he took some carries out of the backfield. He was lined out wide. He was lined up in the slot, took some, they did some jet sweep stuff. Like nothing that you couldn't have guessed that he would do, but he was just doing it. So that was fun to see. I love him as a gadget guy, like just being able to do all those different things. I mean, he's not going to be a guy that's going to be a, starter per se but he's going to get opportunities and he's going to get opportunities to make plays for this team which I think they've kind of missed in the last few years having just kind of a, a guy that can do a little bit of everything that can present you know people always talk about we hear fans say it all the time and we've actually mentioned it on our show about the creativity of this offense and not having it at times I think this guy ultimately gives you a ton of uh, ability to be creative and come up with some good yeah. opportunities for your offense I think he'll go as far as uh, Zeke 
can can help uh, take him. I, I think this running game, this offensive line and the running game, if they are doing what they're supposed to be doing, then I think guys like Tavon Austin can really benefit from that. Um, I don't know if he's going to be a starter or first team, but he's going to be out there doing a lot of things. And I, what I like the most is but what we were able to, to do the last few days and talk to a lot of players and we're, we're putting together a package on speed and the fastest guy on the team. And you got the answer, oh, it's Tavon for sure by a lot of people. Um, th- th- that said, Tavon is still the fastest by far. Talk. So, yeah, go ahead. I, I just think that that's a good thing. I mean, it's a good. I mean, a lot of people think, well, he's not what he was, or he's been a bust. He can run, and he hasn't always had the running game around him. Yeah, Gurley had a, had a great year last year, but he was banged up a lot. He hasn't always had a great running game that he could kind of benefit from. And yeah. to the Rams' credit, you don't draft a guy seventh overall to benefit off someone else. He's supposed to be the the playmaker. As it turns out, he needed help. He's got it here in Dallas. Talk a little bit about both of you guys, so all three of you guys. Talk a little bit about the speed on this team because we, we for years talked about they need a little more speed, especially at wide receiver. They get Tavon Austin. They get Deontay Thompson. Uh, you know, you got Zeke who can run, obviously. Um, but talk about the speed this year versus last year. You know, do you see it as a big upgrade in, in speed, and how do you think that translates uh, when, they, when game, time, game time comes. Well, let's just look at uh, like the Atlanta game or any of those games, I guess, that Zeke was out. You know, you look at a game like that, how many positions are they faster than they were before? I mean, Atlanta game, obviously your left tackle is, is faster than, than, you know, I think Tyron Smith's a better athlete than Chaz Green, but the running back is going to be better. Uh, your tight end is going to be more athletic. He's I don't know if he's anything else, but he's going to be more athletic. And your wide receivers are going to be more athletic, I think, than, than what you had in that game. So that's just one game, but I'm, I'm just saying that I think from an athletic standpoint, you're seeing it a lot. I, uh, I'll steal this from – well, you weren't here anyway, so you don't know I'm stealing it from Nick. But I, I just, listened. They're, I, they're, <laughs> side, they're side to side. Their lateral speed encourages me. Like Tavon, we've seen Deontay Thompson can do some of those types of things, plus he has that downfield speed. I don't think of the rest of it. Like I, I don't think it's going to be drastically different. In ter- I mean, Zeke's Zeke's Zeke. Uh, I don't like Alan Hearns isn't faster than Dez. I wouldn't imagine mm-hmm. Terrence is Terrence. So I don't think it's like this drastic difference. But there is that element, which you know, I talked about this yesterday with somebody uh, during practice. I was like, you know, nothing logically dictates that Tavon Austin has to make this team. Like he's not commanding this crazy salary or anything like that. But I just think it's almost a given that he's going to because of that element that he can bring where, again, you know, you go back to Lucky Whitehead. Even when he's not getting the ball, you have to respect that he's moving across the formation. Even more so than Lucky Whitehead. Yeah, and just all that type of stuff. So, like, I do think there's an element that they didn't have last year where they have a couple of guys who can threaten that way. Is it at all concerning to you guys that an offense as good as St. Louis's, um, well, actually, L.A., the Rams, um, last year wasn't able to find a more – a larger role for a guy like this uh, that has those kinds of skills. Because you think about it, you're, you, I know, Nick, you were talking about how much Zeke would help him. Well, Todd Gurley mm-hmm. is a is an equally great running back, right? And and it's, is it somewhat troubling to you at all that they weren't able to find that right way to be able to get the most out of him uh, that, that we suspect the Cowboys will have to try to get out of him? I would say that's the concerning part of it, but what – gives me hope is the fact uh, is when you see the coaches talking so well about him and how excited they are to have him on the team and seeing his teammates reaction and appreciation and recognition of what kind of speed he has and the kind of athlete he is so when you see something like that 
it, it, it makes you excited and you hope that they will find the right spot for him. And as we saw yesterday, they were trying him out at different places. Kind of, They have enough time to figure that out over time during training camp. And it's it was good to see them finally doing that and experimenting with him. I'm looking for the quote of what Linehan said about him yesterday. Do you remember that? I wasn't at Linehan yesterday, but... Um, it doesn't concern me at all because it goes back to expectation. Like the only, the only way that that could disappoint me is if I was expecting him to come in and like, I don't, he's not going to make a pro bowl. That's not what I'm looking for. I don't, I'm not looking for a thousand yards rushing or receiving, or, you know, I want him, you know, I expect him to be the primary return man, punt and kick. Uh, and I think it's realistic to think that you can find a way to get him six or seven touches a game on top of that, so you're talking about 10 to 15 touches probably. Like, if he carries the ball 50 times this season and catches the ball 20 times, I think that's a great start. And, I, again, you're talking not just about what he can actually do, but the perception, what the defense has to account for, him being on the field. Is that going to give it to him, or is it going to go to Zeke? What's going on here? Like, it, it, you're making a mistake if you're thinking of him as this Pro Bowl acquisition, but I do just – I think of him as a wrinkle – who probably rip off five to ten big plays this year and just be a constant mismatch threat. And so that's why it doesn't worry me. Because that's, I mean, he did that for the Rams last year. He was banged up and they didn't use him consistently. But I think he had four, five, six hundred all purpose yards by Played the end well of the season. Well, against the Cowboys. Yeah, he had a great game against yeah. the Cowboys, which I, I, I wrote about this and I've talked about it on Twitter. If you want to see what I think he can do here. Go watch that game. Cause mm -hmm. I think he caught two balls and had six carries for 50 yards. Like he didn't get a game ball, right. but he was a valuable piece of that offense, which I think he can do that here. Did you find that? Uh, yeah, but I mean, I was waiting on it. <laughs> you already put Fumble. It Jesus. <laughs> Fumble. Uh, uh, yeah. To get through the sermon there. He said, uh, Linehan said, sorry, I like to inform people. Yeah. It was good. Okay. Um, he, he said, uh, Tavon Austin. Today? I don't know. No, it's fine. It's fine. It was one of those things. It was like in the moment. You know, it was like, yeah. uh, he just said, is he a wide receiver or running back? Which Linehan gets asked this all the time. Yeah. You know, that's what happens when you do these weekly media sessions. Guys come up, you know, they haven't been here all the time. But he says, is he a wide receiver or running back? He's like, he's Tavon. I mean, he can line up anywhere at any time or place. Mm -hmm. So that's cool to say that. Let's see if Linehan does that. I mean, that sounds good. But. And they, he did mention also that he's actually jumping between the wide receiver and the running back room. I know I read that somewhere, heard that as well. Not, I don't think that's quite I hope accurate. That's not, not accurate. I mean, we've seen him more as a wide receiver. That's the, They're not going to give you a diagram for what he's doing, but like a week or two ago, Linehan was like, well, like he's in the receiver's room, but the thing Great. about all these rooms is that they're close together. Like yeah. he can find his way over what, the running backs. What are the options? I mean, what are the what's the chance that he is going to have a go route that the, he's going to go 60 yards down the field and Dak's going to throw him the ball? What, what Like slim to none. Slim to none? I think so. I mean, I think there's a chance that that'll happen. Or he'll run deep at some point. What are the chances that on third and one, with you need a first down, he's going to run the ball right up the middle? Slim to none. So, I mean, I I, I think he's more of a this receiver. This is a team that I saw give the ball to, was that Cole Beasley on a... Up the middle? No, but That's still, it was like third or fourth and one. and Wide receiver. I think he's a receiver. <laughs> he's a web web, web back. back. Yes, nice. web back. You're talking about a guy who's going to get 90% of his touches within five yards of the line of scrimmage this year. I right. would bet that. 
I, I um, bet that too. I'm I'm with you. So, so you think he's a running back? No, I think he's, he's Tavon. A, he's a receiver, but he's gonna like he's gonna he he he's Simple. gonna carry yeah. the ball, carry the ball, forty to sixty times this year. Well, that, that's bet. probably a better question. Is he gonna carry it more than he'll catch, he's not to, gonna catch it forty times to go? No, I think he'll have more carries than catches, no mm. doubt. Uh, but he's, he's I still think of him as a receiver. No, but to go to Nick's point, like I just said, like there's nothing that dictates he have to has to make this team. But like a week ago, Linehan was like, call him a tight end if you want to, just get him on the team. Like, <laughs> right. which whatever. If your offensive like that, coordinator yeah. is saying that, like well, Scott Linehan wants him I, here, I know yeah, that, so I, I'm I going think, with that. I think the annoying part to me is when when people are trying to you know you're trying to get the roster figured out right now. So it's like who's going to make the team at running back or who's going to make it receiver. So they're like, okay, we'll count Tavon as a running back. Like that doesn't help you. Like you still need enough backs to do what you need to do. Just by calling him a running back doesn't mean you can now go long at receiver cuz he doesn't help you like your other running backs would help you. And if a running back goes down, yeah, it's like he's going to step in there you. and become your guy that's going to carry it 20 times in a game, right? Right. Okay. He's, he's a gadget somebody. player for them. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's go ahead and take a quick break. When we come back, we're gonna. I want you guys to tell me who your favorite wide receiver is at this Tavon. point. Stop, <laughs> Derek. You're ruining it. And then Sorry. we'll get into the secondary when we come back. It's actually fun being able to be on this side. It can be hard to find the right resource for learning about important financial matters. You search how to build savings, you end up reading about the one weird ingredient from supermarkets that can make you taller. That's why Bank of America built BetterMoneyHabits.com, a safe little corner of the internet for answering your financial questions. Full of simple videos and tips, Better Money Habits can show you how to make the most of your money without resorting to random searches that always seem to lead to unbelievable photos of childhood stars grown up. To learn more, visit BetterMoneyHabits.com. I definitely have an Instagram foodie thing, but the low-light camera on my new Samsung Galaxy S9 from AT&T is getting me a whole new world of likes and shares. Baskets of bread by candlelight, colorful fruit plates in full sun, even a dimly lit Cobb salad was recently hailed as a masterpiece. Come in now and ask how to get half off the new Samsung Galaxy S9 from AT&T. AT&T, what for your thing? That's our thing. Limited time only. See store for details or att.com slash Samsung 50. The dual aperture supports F1.5 mode and F2.4 mode. Dual aperture is installed on the rear camera. Oh, I am craving a Dr. Pepper. I got some soda. I asked not for soda. I asked for ice cold, craveable Dr. Pepper. Its flavor is more one-of-a-kind than a foretold sloth with a thirst for speed. <laughs> so stop settling for soda and start demanding Dr. Pepper. I love sloths. When you crave a Dr. Pepper, nothing else will do. Grab an ice-cold 20-ounce Dr. Pepper today. Dr. Pepper, the one you crave. To work this big land, you need equipment with values rooted as deep in Texas soil as you are. Like John Deere compact tractors with a six-year powertrain warranty and big features that help you work less so you have more time to do what you love. John Deere was first in the Texas fields, and we're proud to be on the field as the official ag and turf equipment of the Dallas Cowboys. Find Texas-sized deals at myjohndeerdealer.com slash football. Terms, conditions, exclusions, and warranty limitations apply. See dealer for details. Back to the break. All right, guys, we are back on the break. We're going to discuss who these guys' favorite wide receiver is at this point. Derek lost his turn because he already <laughs> gave it away, Tavon Austin. But I, was uh, just the, uh, I have another one. Okay, anything else you want to say, Derek, on, on this matter? Sure. Would be? I'll throw mine out first. It's still for me, Cole Beasley. I actually oh. am excited that this year I want to see if Cowboys can figure out a way uh, to create um, mismatches. Um, and create opportunities for him. I think last year, way too often, 
um, he was being taken out of uh, out of opportunities to be able to catch the ball. And I think if the Cowboys think of some more creative ways to get him open, I think he could be a really valuable asset for them. And so I'm hopeful that they'll do that. And I think if they do it, I actually believe when it's all said and done, Cole could lead this team in receptions. Do you see that happening with the Cowboys now not having players such as Jason Witten, Des Bryant on That's the exactly team? exactly right. Do you yeah. think now it, other teams, I mean, they're going to be able to find or see all some of these new guys as a threat to where Cole Beasley is now getting open or being well, able I, to get open? I think the way I look at it is I think it's about what you do with your offensive skill players to create opportunities for them. I, way too often we see the Cowboys opponents using rub routes and that kind of stuff, and it, it kills the Cowboys. And I wish they would do more of that kind of stuff. I, I think there are there are ways that the Cowboys could try to get guys like Cole Beasley open because he's the type of receiver that I think he's got good athleticism. He's quick. Um, he catches the ball well. You get him a little bit of space, I think he can actually make some plays for you. So I'm hopeful that they'll actually find ways – They'll look for ways, try to be creative to get him open rather than just kind of matching him up in the slot and whatever happens, happens. I think that, that might be uh, – that's, to me, not taking advantage of the opportunity you have with him yeah. enough. Uh, that's a good choice. Okay, Nick. And the, the question is, favorite receiver? At this point, yes, based on everything that you've seen so far uh, at OTAs. Based on everything I've seen. Okay. Because my favorite receiver is Katie Cannon. That's the one I want to make the team. Because That's your boy? Yeah, well, because when he was not getting drafted, I was like, why aren't the Cowboys drafting this guy? Why aren't they signing him in free agency? Then he got cut a couple times. Why aren't they bringing him in? And I even asked a question to, to coaches and to personnel guys. I'm like, this guy is better than the six guys you've got. I've said that now. Has he done enough right now to now, stand out within that um, group? Is he still one of the best six? You know, I think he's he's got a shot for it. He it's he can it, run. I'm not gonna say well he's not getting the opportunities because he's not gonna get as many opportunities. That's just what happens. I mean, but you got to earn it when you get it. I think he's gonna he's got he even said it himself. He's got to learn the playbook a little bit more. But from a speed standpoint, he's got it. He's just gonna have to make plays. He's gonna have to be one of those guys that makes plays in preseason games when he gets chances and stuff. But um, so he's my favorite guy, kind of a, as a you know pet cat type. Um, but a guy that I'm really interested in the most would be Tavon, just because I think yeah. he's he gives you that speed element. He gives different things, and if he's going laterally, then I think it, it'll open up things more vertically for other receivers, like a Gallup or Terrence Williams or maybe Deontay. I'm on the Hearns train. I like Hearns. I'm too. here. I'm here. I for like it. this uh, variety of picks here. I, you know, everybody. We well, Beasley's going to make the t- like. Alan yeah. Alan Hearns is going to start at the X, and absolutely. Like, I mean, he's just he's going to get all that opportunity. The rest of this is kind of conjecture, you know. I mean, Katie Cannon's got a chance to make the team. Noah Brown's been my pet cat for since he got drafted, but Alan Hearns is going to get a lot of opportunities to show what he can do, and I think he's up to it too. So he's think- probably the most. If you look at just overall the 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 accomplishments on the field statistically of this wide receiver core. He's by far the most accomplished to this group. You right? know, but glad you. It's sort of like you read my column because that, like, you were just. I didn't, but hey, you were just saying you were like, oh, you think he's going to be one of the six? Well, I think there could be seven, honestly. Okay. But regardless, I was writing this column and I was like, well, yeah, Alan Hearns is the most accomplished receiver on this team. Beasley and Terrence both have more career catches than him. Really? Yeah. They, none he, of them. No, neither but, one has had a, a better year than he had. He is was the it two or three years. Only ago. receiver on this team with a one thousand yard season. Right. But 
uh, Terrence has him beat by like 50 or 60 catches for a career. Is that because he's had a longer career or they had the same career? He came in around the same time. A little longer career and probably a better quarterback. From well, well that's career. also the part of More it that you have to remember is too. Yeah. the Hearns quarterback is... that Hearns was with yeah. had one great year, and that was the year that Hearns had a great year. Outside of that, so, his quarterback has been really bad. Crap on him however yeah. much you want, but yeah, he's been pretty bad. Terrence has never missed a game in his pro career, I don't believe. Nope. So... Nope, that's he was, part that's of it. a good he was, thing. He yeah. was on the list that we just that's, did, top 10. I think pencil in, this is just me speaking, but... He'll miss a game this year. Hearns, Terrence, Cole, and I think Tavon Austin are locks to make the team, assuming no injuries and all yeah. that stuff. Oh, I'm sorry. You're yeah. right. And they're, okay. So you already got five that are definite. That's, I mean, I think so. So they're all battling for one to two spots, basically, all the rest we of the guys. We can move Tavon to running back. Right? <laughs> Which up is why I think, I Thanks, mean, Nick. Uh, you know, you talk about you got it, what? You, you got 100 receivers and 99 of them haven't done anything. Well, quality over quantity then. I mean, if you can find a way to keep seven, maybe you do that and, and you can change that as the season goes along and guys kind of show their stuff. The problem is, is you need to keep five tight ends. See, I, I'm, I'm thinking three. I think, tight ends? I'm thinking three. Tight ends are not going to – I don't think tight end will be as big of a position. Like, they won't use the tight end as much as they use the tight end. Three and before. a half. Keep three I really tight think, ends. I think when they want to go big, they, they'd rather just bring yeah, an extra no, offensive line. I agree with that. Rather than having two or three tight ends on the field, you know? Yeah. Uh, well, were you going to say something? I was, just, I was telling him. I don't know if you heard that. Ola Wally is, could be some tight end yeah, as true. well. Yeah. So he's, he's James Hanna. Yep. Yeah. Okay, I was um, wanting to jump now over to the defense side. One of the biggest topics during this offseason, aside from the whole Des Bryant and then Witten, it was Byron Jones and his whole change of position moving now to the corner. After seeing three weeks of OTAs, what were your impressions of Byron being at corner now? How has he been doing at that position? For me, personally, I haven't noticed it being a problem, which is a good thing when you're talking about corner. So... I think he's, you know, he's he's picking it up well, and and remember, there's a reason why he moved, just because it's the preference of the defensive backs coach Chris Richard. You know, he likes the guys to play a, a certain way, and they wants them to have a kind of a certain size to them, and so so far so good, I think. But then again, it goes back to what we just talked about: is anybody really, you know, challenging him to the point where yeah. he's exposing him? So right now, I think it's been okay. He made a really great breakup on a pass last week, like great. Other than that, I don't. I mean, it's so hard to judge stuff like like. Yeah, it's training hard. camp is so much easier because there's one on ones every day, mm-hmm. and uh, it's a little. You know, the the team periods are more physical, and we're allowed like full access to the field, so you can go down right on the line of scrimmage. Yeah. Uh, so from from fifty yards away for two hours a week, he looks fine to me. And what's going to be really hard, I think, this year during OTAs and training camp <clears throat> is really going to be trying to evaluate these cornerbacks because. There is no great wide receiver on the opposite side. Great you're not going to face guys like you always. I mean, last year, over the last several years, you always can gauge kind of how good a, a cornerback is playing when he goes up against Dez because Dez has just these remarkable skills mm-hmm. that being able to defend him shows you a little bit more about the cornerback. I don't think there's a receiver like that right now on this team. This is a team that, again, is going to rely on the quantity of receivers and finding the open guy versus having one stud guy. So when you go up against Atlanta, that's when you're going to find out a lot about these cornerbacks when they have to face yep. a guy like Julio Jones because you won't see that during training Derek, camp. Right? That's a really great point. Yeah. Oh, got to be careful. I saved that for the last three weeks. Got to be good for you. 
I'll be careful about falling into that trap this year. And yeah. like, people are still mad at us for blowing up Nothing. Byron Jones last point. year. Yeah. Oh, oh uh, about training camp? Yeah. And then, yeah. They're like, yeah. Oh, you led me down this road. <laughs> like, just we can only tell you what I see, man. Yeah, you can only talk about what you see, but just be careful. We I think we have to be really careful this year about that. With a cornerback. You remember, and this might be a segue. I don't know what's on your list, but this might, you remember a few years ago when we were really worried about Tyron Smith because DeMarcus Ware was just wearing him, killing him in training camp. Yeah, like, this bad. is not, not good. It's great for DeMarcus. He still got it. As the year turned out, one of them made the Pro Bowl for the first time, and the other one uh, missed, the game missed games the and kind of was kind of limped through the finish line or to the finish line there. So uh, sometimes, what you see in camp isn't always what happens here. Yep. Okay, well, we'll get into the safety position a little bit. Let's just keep talking about DeMarcus oh. Ware and his involvement here on the team and how the things he's been doing. I mean, it's pretty impressive. And you look at the guy, how fit and healthy he looks and how he's out there helping these guys out. I mean, what? how can this impact the players that he's helping out? Can my guy get a contract? My, my <laughs> God. If he wanted to he play, could, he could sure. play. I mean, he looks, yeah, he's ready to go. Yeah. I don't know what he's training for. I guess just because. You follow him on Twitter? Like, yeah. he's working out every day. I know. That's, I'm I like, it's just so he looks working harder know, than half the guys in the league. I saw a picture, uh, I think maybe on the website. I don't know, but I saw a picture and I had to go back and I'm like, Dustin Marcus Ware. I'm like, wait, was that, is that him? Yeah, it You're is creeping him. On, his, so, on his Twitter account. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> and he's a guy that has been, stop it there. <laughs> I'm in the news business now. Got it. So anyways, um, <laughs> one of the guys that he has spoken about is Taco Charlton. And he's seen the progress and development on a guy like Taco, a guy that has been criticized by many on Twitter and People that keep asking, is Taco going to step up this year and be better? Have you guys seen any progress from Taco? And I know it's hard to tell right now, but is that something that leads you to think that he's going to be really, I mean, yeah, impact, make some kind of impact this year? I've seen a year. huge improvement in one area, uh, confidence. He's very oh, confident yeah. <laughs> now. Um, just in some of the interviews we've seen him, he is just... He cool, knows he's got cool it. daddy taco right now. Um, <laughs> says he's the daddy best trash, taco. best trash talker in the in on the team right now. Yeah. And as we That's talked, he said? as we talked yeah. about last week, is beat Tyron Smith twice in a row. Right. Talk trash to him, and then we'll, we'll be on board with that. But right. I think what really what Demarcus said is maturity is the number one thing you've seen out of him, and he's got different tools in the toolbox for this year. So that he's showing the the you know at least he's showing it to to Demarcus. It's a little tricky with him though. I mean he's not here all the time. He's here. He's a consultant. He's here. He's also with the Broncos. So I mean he, he goes from Denver here. So he's seeing Von Miller and then he comes here. So I mean <laughs> I'm just I'm just saying that a little different. You know you're not here all the time, so you're not seeing every every day every practice and all that. But still you got the all time leading sack artist in Cowboys history helping out. I'm sure. I mean sure it's good. But you know that. That's all nice, but at the end of the day, the players still got to play. I mean, they've had Haley here David for Haley, years. He yeah. comes around. He talks to the guys, whatever he does with the guys, and tries to give them tips and that kind of stuff. I don't I don't know that that necessarily changes anything. There, there's certain, certainly probably things they can pick up from them. But at the end of the day, they got coaches. They got people that are already investing and trying to develop them. But DeMarcus gets in there. and like I, I, get, all that. I get all that. And, and, that, and to, trust me, I, I'm not saying that that couldn't be – like they can't learn things yeah, yeah. from him. But at the end of the day, they're not him. Right. And yeah. and sometimes, you know, it's kind of like Michael Jordan. Yeah, Michael you know, Michael Jordan's <laughs> not a coach, 
because Michael Jordan knows how to do things that do it other like people, this. right? Yes. Yeah, you just, can tell him, but just when he gets a little in front bit of you, just sometimes. take him by the jersey and just shove him back. Right. Like, you, can okay. you just repeat what I did? Like, right. is it that hard right. to do? Can right. you just do it? That's right. It's not. It's not the same. That's why Tyrone Lue is a coach? You know, right. Guys that have had to work their way to right. it. Maybe they have a lot more Jason, tools to Jason be able Garrett. to. Jason Garrett. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, who's the greatest defensive? I mean, who's the greatest coach in in NFL history that was a great player? Oh, man. Mike Ditka? Yeah. Single Terry, but he wasn't a great coach. No, he wasn't, he wasn't a great a coach. coach. I'm trying to think. I mean, you know, you just see well, like Herm Edwards. You well, see like good, solid players like, you know. Yeah. No, they don't. Uh, Tomlin Fisher. was a player, huh? you know. Jeff Fisher. Dungy. <laughs> They were they were just yeah. you know they yeah, were just, Dungy was probably the best. He's a Hall of Fame coach. He was a player. I'm talking not about a great no, player. not like a I'm great player. player. I mean, players. Nick Saban was a player. No, no, like, Parcells was yeah. drafted. NFL? I didn't know. No, no, no. Parcells well, no, I oh, okay. played football. No, no, I'm not talking you. about. I'm talking about great player, great coach. Yeah, because Demarcus yeah. Demarcus was asked twice yesterday, and I don't know if he changed his mind in about 16 minutes, but he was asked once in the interview that I was I was at, and he was like, "Are you gonna be a coach one day?" And he was like, "No." <laughs> oh God, no! And then later, I, I hear yeah, Demarcus talked in the locker room, and he, he said he one day he wants to be a coach. I was like, oh, oh, what changed his mind? Mike Ducey, it was awesome. Like he he was like, well, you you kind of want to scratch this itch, but you know you can make better money doing like TV and stuff. And Ware was like, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Dick LeBeau was he a great player? I don't know. He <laughs> he played in the thirties. Right, he played a long time ago. But That's night at Night Train want- Lane. Who I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> night Train Lane. Okay. I have no idea. Ask Nikki. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's jump into the safety position. It, do we it, have safety? To? Uh, we kind of do. Okay. And safety is first. this our weekly we- reference to another safety? Like, is that what we just do? No, no. no this is it. me and Amber's weekly like worry fest we're, we're about not safety. Over it yet. Okay. Nick we're not makes over an, it. Nick implies something about the Seattle guy. <laughs> right? Like, yeah. I mean, like, this is a weekly yes. same yes. script every yes. week. All right. But, well, let's go, mean, the, let's go through the paces. I just wanted to get your thoughts on this scenario. We know the Cowboys haven't got any new guys, obviously, uh, at the safety position. But it's not too early to do that. <laughs> early. If they, if they wanted to do that. Sorry, so, Dave. God, grant me the serenity. (laughs) (laughs) We know that the Cowboys has spoken about the possibility of moving some of the corners to the safety position to help out there if needed. Now, Cheeto Awuzie kind of talked about it yesterday in in regards to if they asked him to, he's ready. He could play any any position there. He could do it. But he did say that he, as of right now, the talk is he is a corner, and that's where he's going to be at. Now, if that happens and Cheeto is moved to safety for any reason, what would be your expectations there? And how would that secondary now look and change if that was to happen? What I've always, I've hated this topic of conversation since they brought it up after the draft. And that's because we just sat here saying, what can you really learn from OTAs? You know, like it's shorts, it's blah, blah, blah. And I think you made the really good point last week that like you can tell who's picking up the playbook and the scheme during this period. But Byron's played safety and Cheeto has done everything during the course of his career. So like neither one of those guys is going to, I trust that both of them can pick all of this up. So like, what are you learning here? That's going to prompt you to make that switch basically. You know what I mean? Like what, 
What are these three weeks really going to show you where where you're like, well, we got to move somebody? I, I could kind of answer that. I mean, at least. Please. I mean, I think what you you look at a couple of players. Number one, you're looking at Xavier Woods. You're looking at, you know, how is he giving you the confidence to play that position that we don't need to make that move? Or on the flip side, are there cornerbacks that are in that mix, like Anthony Brown playing really well, Jordan Lewis playing really well? Uh, is there a young guys? Is there Duke Thomas? Is there somebody that, that's, that's stepping up to that point where you're like, our depth at corner is way better than our depth at safety? Mm-hmm. That's where I could see that happening and making a move. We've seen it before. When what's better, tackle or end, and that's where Tyrone Crawford's going to go accordingly but you know? do you think that cheeto right now is one of your best two corners yes yes yeah because if he's one of your best two corners i don't like the idea no, of taking I, one of your best also, starting guys and moving them to another position. another I'm another thing i really hate just to, at any position is like well, we've got really good depth let's get rid of some of it <laughs> like i hate that it's so dumb yeah. celtics are about to do that um <laughs> so i i mean byron's not going to get anywhere unless you let him get comfortable at a position and i until I'm proven otherwise, I have sky high expectations for what Cheeto can be as a corner. So I hate the idea of moving either one of them. I guess to answer your question more directly, if you were going to play Cheeto at safety, then I would assume, um, then it would you, your trio would be Byron Brown and Jordan in whatever, mm-hmm. how whoever you want to play the slot. Brown and Jordan can both play either. So. And and the, the weird part here is that, you know Xavier Woods is kind of like the Tavon Austin on the other side because he he kind of can do a little bit of both is he safety is he corner is he slot guy he can do bo- so he's a wild card to me in, in in that scenario even if he doesn't start at safety but which more- I will say one thing and I don't know much about him but maybe we're not giving enough credit to Mark Weston Huff he's a forgotten guy in this whole thing they brought him in early in the off season. He runs with the second team right now. Maybe they trust that he can push Xavier Woods. I haven't, I haven't seen him do anything bad. I haven't seen him do anything great out here. I don't really know what to think of him. But every time I think about this, I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot about that guy. You know what I'd like to see though on on passing down specifically. I'd like to see maybe what they do is just get their best guys out there. If that means that Jordan's better than, let's say for example, one of the safeties. And that means you get Cheeto runs out there. Cheeto's out there on a passing down at safety, but you've got your best five or six actual defensive backs on the field. Oh, so like you, you know, I kind of, I kind of would like to see them maybe rotate guys around a little bit in game. Now, assume that's assuming he can do that without crippling his ability to be a great corner. You're right? trying to do like the Patriots thing, where like the Patriots run their front seven is just like you don't know who's playing what because it's just like six guys. It's your standing best guys, right? And, and, well, I'm just saying if you can get get away where you can get your best guys out there, and if Cheeto have Cheeto and Jordan and Anthony Brown and uh, you know and uh, Byron Jones happen to be among your best six, how can you get okay. them all on the field? Or best five, how can you get them all on the field on those passing downs? Okay, but if Cheeto is head and shoulders the best corner. I'm talking like a great, I don't want to say shutdown corner. I don't know if that exists anymore. But if he's if he's the best thing the Cowboys have to that, where you're facing a top-notch receiver, and if we might want to shadow him all over, it. then you don't do right, it. Right, you don't do it, right. And, and so you got to make sure if he's that good, because that can also help your defense if you got a guy that can do you know, he can just follow a player all over the field. And as much as I like Cheeto, I don't think he's there yet. I don't so, think he's there yet either. So I don't but, know that that would be a part of the equation just no, yet. You he's know, not going to get there if you make him change positions. True. Yeah. Okay, maybe well, not. let's take our final break real quick. And when we come back, we're going to go around the room, talk about the biggest OTA standouts until now. 
Cowboys fans know that the second best of anything simply won't cut it, and your skincare should be no different. A longtime locker room favorite of the players and the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Dallas-based Jack Black, is the number one best-selling men's skincare brand in the country because we make products that help guys look, smell, and feel better. Visit GetJackBlack.com Cowboys to get $10 off your first order of $50 or more. Jack Black. Look good. Smell good. Feel good. Official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys. Star Sports Tours is the only official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with sideline access and photo ops with current players, alumni, and cheerleaders. That's not all, though. You'll get to talk X's and O's with Senior Director of Player Personnel Will McClay and, of course, with yours truly, me, Brian Broaddus. You can trust the official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and with us, you'll travel like a pro. Visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. Before there was a draft, you could size up a cowboy by three simple factors. The crease in his hat, the bend of his brim, and his unbending attitude. A man Stetson didn't just protect him from what life threw at him. It projected a rugged, unstoppable spirit. Stetson hats are still American-made with pride right here in Texas. They're still the unofficial crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find a retailer nearest you at Stetson.com cowboys. What does it mean to be a Dallas Cowboys fan? It means you've got the passion and the heart to do your part supporting the boys no matter what. That's why when the game's on the line, you're on your feet, whether you're at home or in the stands. Actually, you're more than a fan. You are a member of Cowboys Nation, and so is AT&T, doing their part to keep you connected to America's team all season long. AT&T is a proud member of Cowboys Nation. Back to the break. All right, guys, we are back. We are in our third segment of the break. But since Derek is our special guest of the day, we're going to keep this going. He's huh? going to tell us about some underwear. Yeah. He's going to tell us why it feels good and why is it so awesome. And Derek, go ahead. Can I just say, I'm wearing it now. It feels great. Go get your own. Yeah. Where? Alan, where? Oh, where? Oh, sorry. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Tommy John. <laughs> get it at TommyJohn.com forward slash Cowboys for 20% off your first order. TommyJohn.com forward slash Cowboys. I give it a full endorsement. <laughs> Thumbs up. Remember, remember that commercial, that Fred McGriff commercial? No. What? I don't remember that. If the, the Fred McGriff player? was in a commercial, then it had to have been at least like 20-something years ago. It was. Ago. Yeah. But I thought, <laughs> that was back when I actually watched baseball. <laughs> you don't remember the Fred McGriff commercial with like Tommy Mansky, and he was just like, he has that bad hat, and he goes, I give it my complete endorsement. All right, somebody's listening. Okay, Somebody's like, I remember the '95 Braves too. All right, so <laughs> like Tommy 91. John is pretty good. Thank you, Derek, for letting us know awesome. that. Yeah. Now, we talked about the safety position, and moving on from that. Aside from that position, what would be? And I'm going to ask each and one of you, what would be the next position that at this point kind of still concerns in, so you a little we bit? Get the safety there. <laughs> Sorry, Bates. That kind of cons- still concerns you. Do you want to go ahead and get sure, it started? Sure, I'll go first. Um, I, I mentioned it earlier, linebacker. I, yeah. Linebacker is the position where I think we could get to the end of the season, and I'm like, that was the, one of the best, if not the best position on the team for this season. I also think you could get to the end of the season and be like, it completely platooned them. Because it's all about the health of Sean Lee. Yeah. Uh, and and wh- you know what's going to happen with uh, Jalen Smith. Like, Is Jalen Smith ready to be... Is, is he there yet? Is he at the point now where he can play at least at the level of what he played at Notre Dame 
uh, if not better. So that's where I think you, you have to have some real questions about the linebacker position. If all those things work out, and then you add in a Van Der Esch who actually plays yeah. well, or at least up to expectations, I think this linebacker position could be phenomenal. You know, um, last year, whenever Sean Lee would go out, Anthony Hitchens, he did a really, really good job at taking leadership right. and stepping into that role. Do you see Jalen Smith kind of stepping into that role as far as the leader goes? I think Jalen Smith has leadership qualities. Um, I also believe, though, in order to be a really good leader, I think you have to be a really good player. That's just my personal belief. Yeah. Just because if not, then the moment things start going wrong – and you're trying to tell someone whatever, they're, they're going to look <laughs> yeah. at you like, well, you might want to get a little better at your job as well. But I, I do think you have to be a really good player. And I think that if Jalen can take that next step, then yes, I think he has great leadership qualities. Um, and maybe he could provide that sort of leadership. Yeah. Let me ask you this. If it comes to pass that the linebacker situation des- devolves into a disaster, um, I mean, c- can you kill him for that? Just in terms of, I mean – I guess my point is, don't you feel like they did everything they could do within a realistic scope to fix it? Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay. All right, absolutely. Well, I, I'm, this is part of the larger point. As long as long as <laughs> as long as Sean Lee is here, you're gonna, especially at this age, you're gonna be susceptible to you're taking Which, a chance every so, year that he could have an injury that keeps him out a significant amount of time. Sean Lee's got his injury issues. That's just baked in. Right. Jalen Smith has. I mean, that's that's baked in at this point. It is what it is. Maybe he's better. We can't count on it. Right. They signed, a, I think, a really underrated quality depth guy in Joe Thomas. Okay. They spent their first-round pick on a linebacker. If it turns out that it sucks, I can't kill them. Like That's the definition of hindsight is twenty twenty. You right. know what I mean? Like They did everything they could. Where I look at is defensive tackle because I'm not convinced that the same can be said. Uh, because I mean, as it stands right now, and this is the voluntary part of the offseason, I'm not killing David Irving for not being here for that, but he's not here. Uh, the word on the street is that he's the conditioning is a problem uh, and a whole host of other things that are going on on top of that. Malik Collins broke his foot. Um, they didn't draft a guy. They did bring on Jihad Ward, who they feel good about. But again, not like just not something that you f- you feel super great about. Um, Do you not factor in price? I'm, I'm Maybe I'm just I, price I really is, like price a lot at, at, at one technique. I thought last year before he got hurt. I thought he was playing really well for him. He he did. I he's not a guy where I'm just like, well, they'll be fine. They got Brian Price. There's not many one techniques that I'm just like, oh, they're great. Like that's a great like you know one technique is one technique. But I think he played it really well. Detone Dayton Jones is a guy worth mentioning. He's basically been starting this whole month with mm-hmm. Malik Collins out. So and, and you know Mia culpa if I wind up being wrong. Like maybe these guys are better than I'm giving credit for. But on paper, I look at that and I'm like. You can't 100% trust either of your starting defensive tackles, and I don't love what's behind them. So that concerns me. You could make the argument that if it doesn't go well at linebacker, that they could have done more by signing uh, Anthony Hitchens. Okay, I'm, you could, they I'm could not going to. I'm not going to. Especially if they're going to cut Dez and not do anything with the money. I'm not going to kill him for that because I. nobody loves Anthony Hitchens more than I do. But I don't want to give him a $50 million. If, deal. if they don't sign anybody else. They they saved about eight million dollars with Des Bryant. If they don't sign anybody else, then why didn't you? Why did you not get uh, Anthony Hitchens back and then then draft maybe draft a receiver instead of the linebacker or something else? Well, it could it also be early. Like, <laughs> could it not also have been the fact that you oh just they could at, do that? 
You look at the that. amount of money that they're paying, and maybe they're like, hey, we feel like we'd rather go younger with our linebackers rather than pay another guy because we're already – not not they're paying Sean Lee crazy money, but we're already paying him. Yeah. So maybe we'd rather go younger – and have some younger guys at linebacker, and that's yeah. that's better yeah. to us than paying another guy. Paying very, a guy very a big contract. Very big fan of Anthony Hitchens. I'd rather be paying Leighton Vander Esch whatever two million dollars than Anthony Hitchens fifty. That's just me though. Yeah. Nick, did you have any other position different from the ones that they just discussed? Hard. Yeah. yeah. Yep. This is like where I talk like Dave and I act like I'm not. This is uh, yeah. Sorry, <laughs> kicker. Oh, oh, that is a that's one that's a little bit. What? Bit not expecting that. I what? Love Dan Bailey. I have. Do you really? Yeah, I do. I think he's great. Are and you I, trying to take his position? No, I'm not. I'm not. Take but his I'm job. saying, like, go look at how many games gets get decided by a field goal. I get or it. So are I mean, you saying you don't so think important. he's back to what he was two years ago? I don't know. What, I don't want because unlike other people, you know what they might think. I am not there and all of his practices and rehabs and all that stuff. So I don't know. All we know is what we saw at the end of the year. I think he's going to be fine. I definitely think he's going to be fine. But if he's not, it changes the game. It changes the game. So I hope he's fine. Everyone is, is pulling for him. I'm right there leading the charge. I'm just saying that is a position you, you can't cover that up. Defensive tackle doesn't do well. You can kind of cover it up. Linebacker played well, stepped up. You make the kick or you don't. And, you know, I I, I just hope that it's, it's no issue at all. They'll have somebody at camp, point, right? I mean, they'll have somebody at camp. Yeah, but nobody to compete with them, and which is probably yeah, a good at thing. At any given moment, though, there are kickers on the street that you could go out. I mean, they did I it know. last year. There, there are kickers on the street you could go out and get if you got into this season and and he hasn't corrected the problems right, that he but, was having but, last year. But if it's to that point, then what happened before that? Week six, they'll say that happened, but what happened in week five? Yeah, I get you. They lost a game, yeah. and they lost a game. If they're getting rid of him, right, or if they're right. getting somebody else in here, and this he team, probably lost I don't know if you've noticed, but this team will games. just hover around the eight and eight, nine and seven mark. Really? And that, that you'll miss a game by one. So I'm just saying that could affect it. And again, I'm not suggesting one thing or another. I just hope that he's back to, to the, the part where you're not even thinking about 35 yard field goals or extra points. As good as he's been, I'm going to trust until I That's, see different that he's going to be back. I'm to not with you there, too. I'm just saying. Not that. saying nothing you said is wrong, but I've put Dan in the same category as like Tyron, where I'm like, you get a mulligan. Like your yeah. track record yeah, is exactly. good enough and long You've enough. That. I yeah. think um, Adam Vinatieri, you know, there was a reason why, I don't know why, but there was a reason why <laughs> you uh, seem uh, the Patriots let him go. May have been money. May yeah. have been like, we can get another kicker in here for less And money. they did. And they did. And they, and they did. have a great kicker Absolutely, as well, yeah. but, but he's still kicking at a very high level so uh and it was an injury and all that stuff i'm hoping that no issue at all but i mean it's one of those things that you, you, you fingers crossed on him yeah in dan bailey we trust i, I trust it and too. We'll i trust, trust it too but <laughs> he will come it's, back it's, it's and a make very it important position it is yeah, the, the good thing i mean at least the way i see it is that's a position that you can absolutely just practice over and over and where you don't necessarily have certain factors that will affect you kicking the ball aside from weather condition you know it's a very steady you know kick so that is something that he can keep practicing and that the Cowboys will have time to see how his kicks are how many he makes over training camp and all that as different as other positions that it's a little bit harder to judge because game day is different Unless it gets in his head, unless it's a mental thing, then then, then he, then he can kick. During, he, he can yeah. get great during the week. So I don't know. I, all I'm saying, yeah, that's is, a fair point that, too. It's it's a fun. That's I mean, it's a good point. Just like you know, 
Byron Jones is like, you're not watching the all 22. Like I'm doing my stuff over here. You're like, why are y'all criticizing me? Dan Bailey. It's like, did it go in or did it not? Right. Go in? <laughs> it doesn't care. It's, it's very easy. Yeah. It's very easy. one or the other. They, okay. Go ahead. I was going to ask you guys biggest standout of OTAs. This is the last week of OTAs. The Cowboys finish with OTAs going into minicamp next week. So biggest standout overall in the whole OTAs, Dave. Oh, why you got to put me on the spot? Uh, like I'll, that? I'll start. Actually. I'll start. Um, Anthony Brown to me is a guy who's kind of like forgotten a little bit just because he's he's not one of the the flashy players, but he does have great athleticism. He's still you know in in the mix to be one of your top three or four guys who'll be on the field a lot. And I think just as a as a veteran player now that he is a a veteran, I think he has a chance to kind of fly under the radar a little bit. I think he's done some good things from what I've seen out there. Anthony Brown's a guy that's kind of stood out to me. We've talked a lot about him. I think. It's, I'll go back to it. It's Tavon Austin for me because it just whet my appetite for what I expect to this see. This is your Malik Collin this year. This is my pet cat. Like, I think, <laughs> oh, I wait. Think was it get... Malik Collin or Stephen Paya? It, it was Malik Collin. Me and Derek, me and Derek both love Stephen Paya. Yeah, Pia. I was Stephen Paya last year. The one that you were yeah. talking a lot about. Yeah, but I, I'm yeah. very excited about what they're going to get or what they can get out of Tavon Austin. It'll be interesting to see if they use him the right way and if they yeah. really get Like Dave said, like, it's not – you're not expecting 100-yard games, but I do expect that there are going to be two or three games this year that he will win for you. Like He will make the play that wins two or three ball games for you this year, and I think that's nice. more than enough for, for what they're paying him to if they got that out of him. I'll say Blake Jarwin. Um, Blake. Oh, st- stepping into the Nick's Jones guy. boat. I, I was <laughs> no? going to say Blake, and I thought he was going to give me crap. Yeah, that's no. your guy. No. You usually bring him up. Let me make myself perfectly clear. Yeah. I still think Jeff Swain is going to be this team's starting tight end. I don't think Blake Jarwin's going to go to the Pro Bowl or have this like insane year, but we're talking about a guy with what, like one appearance in uniform ever, maybe? Uh, how many? I mean, they yeah. brought him up from the practice squad. I, mm-hmm. He's done basically nothing, but they've given him a workload like they trust him he he's been with the first team especially when they run 12 personnel which i still think they're going to do this year like they trust him to have a significant role and and i think he's capable of that to steal garrett's phrase it doesn't look like it's too big for him and he's shown it out here so i yeah he's he looks like a guy who's ready to take on that responsibility i got one one other guy as well that that i've seen a couple of things from lately uh dak prescott in the form of what they're asking him to be this year. I mean, look what they've lost on, on, on this team leadership-wise. We saw a little bit of it yesterday. We saw a little bit of it the week before. He's not really afraid to speak his mind out there. He is leading. He's got a command of the huddle. Yes, you want that from your quarterback, but it's not always easy when you're a young guy like like he was. No, the, the, that's over now. He is. He's the guy. He's the veteran guy on this team. He, the, the, they've made decisions for him to, to suit this thing around him. So when things don't go well, he needs to stop the drill, put the ball on the ground, yell at somebody, and that's what he's. That's what he's doing so far. He so killed Chaz yesterday. Now I do wonder. I do wonder. Does he do that with Tyron? Does he do it with Travis? Because you know what? The, There's the a lot next of people play, that kill Chaz. The next play. Travis Frederick pretty much gave him a three hopper to shortstop, and they they fumbled the ball away. And so I, I don't I I trust him to say what needs to be said. I hope maybe so. he has different approach with different guys. But you have to. That's yeah. what you do. That's what yeah. parents do. It's what coaches do. You treat everyone different. Yeah. 
All right. Well, guys, this is all the time we have for today. Thank you so much for listening and tuning in. Good Derek, job today, it was, Amber. It was a pleasure having you back. Yeah, come we back anytime. By the way, next week, I'm taking back the responsibility. <laughs> okay, oh. we'll see about that. We'll see about that. He's the boss. He's the boss. <laughs> all right. For Nikki like and David Hellman, Derek Eagleton, and Amber Garcia, this has been The Break on DallasCowboys.com. Radio. Derek. Radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!